it's okay to leave things unfinished. And again, for my planning personality, I'm like, no, it's not. I can't leave anything unfinished. But I thought about that a lot, that I think that's some grace we need to give ourselves, that it is okay. And I I don't feel that with the event at all. Like I love where we are right now, but just other things in life, that's a good lesson for me to realize, you know what, it is okay. If you suddenly realize a project you're doing, a new business relationship you're in, if you suddenly realize, gosh, this really isn't right for me. I don't think we have to feel like we have to finish it out for the next year. I mean, you can pivot, you're allowed to change your mind. You're allowed to do that. Welcome to the Be It Till You See It podcast, where we talk about taking messy action, knowing that perfect is boring. I'm Lassa Logan, Pilates instructor and fitness business coach. I've trained thousands of people around the world, and the number one thing I see stopping people from achieving anything is self-doubt. My friends, action brings clarity, and it's the antidote to fear. Each week, my guests will bring bold, executable, intrinsic, and targeted steps that you can use to put yourself first and be it till you see it. It's a practice, not a perfect. Let's get started. Hello, welcome back. I'm so excited you're here. Um, One of the things I love about this podcast is I get to meet lots of new people that I've never talked to and really hear their story. And then another reason is that I get to talk to some of my friends and share their stories and also hear things about them that I probably didn't know because I would just talk to them as a friend and I wouldn't actually go, hey, why do you do that? Why why do you ask yourself so many questions? And that is something I got to do here today with our guest, who is Jessica Vallant. Find her at Jessica Vallant Pilates everywhere. And she is, first of all, she is such a beautiful human being inside and out. I am honored to be a friend of hers. Truly. Um, you get to hear how we meet how we met and, um, where our friendship has grown to. And also just where she is right now and where she used to be. And for my moms, Oh, this one is for you. She has so much advice, um, for you. And if you're not a mom, still listen, because if you are a busy person like me with three dogs and you feel like, Hey, they, they demand my attention too. And I have so much going on. There's still a lot to take away from this. You're going to want to take notes while you're listening. She threw out some awesome questions to ask yourself and, um, her strategies at the end, just, I, I can't even wait for Brad and I to dive into this podcast and I can't wait for you to dive into this podcast. So check out the show notes to her links to check her out, follow her. You're, you're going to want to, and also learn more about who she is, why she rocks and listen to this interview and enjoy. As you know, you cannot fit you in around everything else. Instead, I have my students schedule their life around their Pilates. I want to give you a free 30 minute Pilates workout. Go to onlinepilatesclasses.com slash be it pod. Again, online Pilates classes.com slash B E I T P O D. And let me help you make time for you at OPC. Our 30 minute workouts help you do life better. All right. Ah, thank you so much for being here today. I have Jessica Vallant who I can't, when I met her, first of all, she was wearing a Fiona princess Fiona dress. I'm just going to say that right now. Um, (laughs) she, she actually texted me, which is something that I, I really love that she did because at the time in my life, I was less 
good at texting random people to be friends with, even though I wanted to be friends with them. And she was like, Hey, let's meet for a drink. We were at a conference together and let's get to know each other. And so when I met her, she was dressed up as princess Fiona and she acted like we'd known each other forever, which with social media, maybe we've followed each other for a long time. And, um, and then we've been, we just like slowly became friends over time. And I know as adults, it's not easy to make friends, but you are someone Jessica, who I just am so grateful to call a friend and you inspire me every day. So welcome to the be it till you see it podcast. Can you tell everyone a little bit about yourself? Yes. And thank you for that. And for that reminder, actually, because sometimes I forget that I did that. And when you tell me, I'm like, I'm so proud of myself for doing that because I might've missed out on really one of the most important relationships professionally and personally, you and your family and Brad. But, um, I think it's important to be reminded of times we were brave because we forget. And right now in the world, actually, I've forgotten that I can be brave. So that was a nice reminder. So oh, thank you. you. You are so welcome. I, I, you are right. I think we do forget if we remember more times we've made mistakes, but then we remember like we were brave probably right. many more times than that. Right. And what's the worst thing that would have happened that you said, no, I'm sorry. I'm busy. I can't, but thanks so much. Like that's the worst thing that might've happened. By right. me. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm Jessica. I have been a Pilates teacher and physical therapist for a little over 20 years. And I live in Denver now. I have two kids, eight year old, three year old, um, married. I have a couple businesses and, and then I have a whole journey that has brought me here. And that's me. That's what I do. Yeah. Well, y- y'all, I can't believe your kids are eight and three because I mean, <laughs> like. I knew you were not pregnant with both of them. I know. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I know. And, w- and you also put together, y'all, when I say an event, like a massive event with a newborn, like when you DM me and said, Hey, we were in a group DM and you're like, Hey, y'all, I think I'm going to do this. Like festival like thing. Um, and you had just had your son. And I was like, as someone who put on retreats, I was like, wow, you go girl. Like, (laughs) I don't know how you did that, but I want like, uh, let's talk about that. And we can talk about other things in your life too. Like what prompted you to go now is the time to make this thing happen. I sometimes I really don't know, but, um, I, so he was our second. So I think that's, something to keep in mind for anyone planning something. I kind of, I kind of knew a little bit what we were getting into, you know, having a second one. So that helped a little bit. So I remember very distinctly, I was pregnant with him and we're talking very pregnant, like eight months pregnant and walking the lake, um, beautiful day here in Denver. And my husband and I had been throwing around this idea about this possible festival for years. And we had recently just that summer moved back to Denver. So I was probably feeling a little bit, um, wanting something, you know, how do I create something? We're in this city that we know, but we haven't been here for a long time. And I want to create something that's maybe for me. I was probably feeling that a little bit, but I was literally walking around the lake and it hit me Well, and our industry was also in a tough time. There was a lot of infighting and it was hard for me to see that. I'm like, I don't want that. We need community. And so how can we do that? And it really hit me. I'm like, I think now's the time. And I called, I called him on that walk. And I said, I think now's the time that we do it. And I don't know, we just started meeting. We had literally just moved into our house. We didn't have Wi-Fi for months. So we were meeting at a local college library, he and I, while our older daughter was in preschool. We would meet in the afternoon and use their Wi-Fi in the conference rooms and just talk. And that's when we decided first that we needed to have teachers. 
And so I reached out to you and a few people. I'm like, well, I know a few people. And as soon as you guys said yes, I'm like, okay, I think we need a venue. I think we need a name. I mean, and literally I went in the first stages of labor at the library. Like that's how we were. Yes. I'm like, I think the baby's coming in the next two days. And he did. And so we just, I don't know, like I still can't put my finger on why that felt like the right time, except that I knew if we didn't, it really just hit me. If we don't do it now, we probably won't. And I think somebody else might. And how am I going to feel if somebody else does it instead? Like, how would I feel? I'm like, I I think I want to do it. I think we should be the ones to try this. And that's what made us do it. So. Okay. There's so much to unpack there that I think people can see themselves in. So y'all, I love that you were like, we don't have Wi-Fi. So instead of going, well, I'll wait till we have our internet here. <laughs> You're like, which by the way, waiting for internet people to come is like, okay, we'll be there in three weeks between 9am and 12pm. And it's like, Right. And, um, so you're like, we're just, you, you took messy action. You went, you did what you could. And then you, I love that you went with the teachers first, because I think like that was, I got to be one of them and is we were so excited. And I'm sure that that really helped. It's like, instead of going planning this whole thing and then going, okay, well, anybody want to teach at it? You're like, well, let me just see if I can get people to do this. And so I love that it's, it's, um, you did it one step at a time. And I also love the question, uh, if you, how would you feel if someone else did it? I do like that question. Cause sometimes I ask myself like, well, what's the worst case? What's the worst thing that can happen? But yep. I love that second question of like, how would I feel if someone did it before me? Ooh, that's so good. So this, uh, I want to talk about it. Y'all, this is her events called momentum fest. And it's actually not just for Pilates teachers. It's for like anybody who loves movement. And it's also not even just Pilates. So Um, so you, you truly went and did something so unique. That's not really been done before. Like, I don't, I don't think it's ever been done before. Um, now that it's in its fourth year, fifth year, fourth year, um, how do you, and maybe you haven't even talked about this yet or thought about it, but like, how do you figure out like, what's the next thing? Right. Because sometimes I think the first one is the easier one. Right. Exactly. No, I agree. No expectations. First one was really just proof of concept. Like each teacher that texted me, yes, I was shocked. Like Brian, that's my husband, Mike, Brian, they said, yes, like they're going to come. I mean, and Grace Hurry is someone who I hadn't even known professionally at all, just through social media. And I'm like, she's a great teacher. I'll just reach out. I'm like, Brian, she's coming from the UK. I mean, so that's first off for people wanting to do something hard. Don't assume people will say no. They might but people might shock you. Like, I mean, they're, it's, it's truly amazing. So when you all said, yes, we knew there was a possibility. So you're exactly right. First year was just proof of concept. Um, you know, we knew we didn't want to take loans. I mean, we had some specific things in mind, boundaries for ourselves. I mean, this was just me and my husband. So we weren't going to put our family in financial stress. We had to fit it around our other businesses. So we really, had boundaries and numbers in mind. How many people do we need to hit, you know, at least to break even. And exactly. The next thing was just, oh, this was proof of concept. Cool. The second year, could we possibly either make some money, grow the business and bring in more exhibitors? Like I really wanted to be able to promote other teachers. I think we doubled the amount of teachers the next year for exposure for more teachers. Um, And then we did have some grand plans in mind to keep growing. And then 
2020 hit and our entire event was canceled. And so I think that's one lesson that, yes, we had big plans in mind on what might be next. And then everything changed. And so now we're changing goals, changing boundaries, changing all of it. And it really is sitting and thinking, okay, is this the goals we set? Are they still realistic? The vision we had, just even the goal as a business, does that still make sense or not in the current world? Because we have different things we maybe want to promote now and Pilates has changed, the industry has changed. So it's definitely a day-to-day right now, which is a struggle for me. I'm a planner. Like I want to plan things. I want to know I work so well within that. Yeah. And so to try to plan something in a new unplannable world is not easy for me whatsoever. But I think if you just go back to your why, and that was, it was kind of that question again with this year, do we keep it or do we not? And it was, how would I feel if we didn't? And I just knew I wouldn't feel right. Like that is really what it come, came down to was I will not feel right in my soul if we don't have an event this year because I feel like people need it. I need it. We need a full circle moment. And some of it was, it just came down to them. Yeah. That makes me think of, um, I, I, I could be wrong, but I swear I was on a run years ago and I heard Brene Brown on a podcast talk about how she hates the bumper sticker. Like, what would you do if you didn't think you could fail? Oh, and yeah. she's let, and, and she said like, what would you do even if you could, like, even if you did. Yes. And I feel like with you, you're like, you just, it keeps coming back to like, I just, I'm not done yet. <laughs> like yeah. this isn't yeah. done yet. That's exactly what it is. I just am like, we're not done yet. And we might be. And at some point, I mean, with anything in life, like when I sold my studios, that was a hard place to get to. Also, I didn't know I was done yet until it got to a point. I'm like, oh, I'm past done. Oops. I I missed the turnoff. Like I'm past done. And I just kind of woke up and knew that. But I think sometimes we don't. And it's okay not to know if you're done or not. I just listened to a podcast the other day. And actually, it might have been Brene Brown. She's so good. Um, We can probably just give it to her. And even if she's not, she'll just actually tell us it wasn't her because I I heard her on a podcast. um, People kept saying that this quote was from her and she's like, actually, this is Sonia Renee Taylor. Um, And I was like, she's amazing. (laughs) So if we attribute it to her, she'll let us know. (laughs) Um, But it was, it's okay to leave things unfinished. And again, for my planning personality, I'm like, no, it's not. I can't leave it anything unfinished. But I thought about that a lot, that I think that's some grace we need to give ourselves, that it is okay. And I I don't feel that with the event at all. Like I love where we are right now, but just other things in life, that's a good lesson for me to realize, you know what? It is okay. If you suddenly realize a project you're doing, a new business relationship you're in, if you suddenly realize, gosh, this really isn't right for me. I don't think we have to feel like we have to finish it out for the next year. I mean, you can pivot. You you're allowed to change your mind. You're allowed to do that. I I love this because I, I think like you say as a planner, I think a lot of people don't want to leave things unfinished because there's this like, well then it, it's not perfect. Like I didn't do it right in right. air quotes, you know. And you know, well, let's talk I want to talk about your your studios um because I think that a lot of people can resonate like with ending something. Um for me, you know, I really struggled going before 2020 started. I was struggling with like, I have this studio. I teach all these people. I love them so much, but I really, really am being called to OPC. I'm really called to expand this and 10 X's and bring in more people. And with the focus of just connecting and community and not 
and not, and that's also probably why we're really good friends. It's the same thing with Momentum Fest. It's like, how do we get people who aren't teachers to also connect and have community and not be perfect and not be like, is this exercise right? And I struggled because I'm like, well, I couldn't see how I ended the studio. I, I couldn't see that. And when and when, um, and so I just kept going, gosh, I wish I had time. I wish I had time. And so when COVID hit, I was like, so next time we wish we're more specific. We're like, I wish we had time and a plan. <laughs> and maybe that coffee shops were still open. Maybe. Yeah. And maybe, and maybe that my husband and I aren't in a, in a one, like a studio apartment working from home together. Um, but, <laughs> but, um, I, 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 because of COVID, I left, you know, that whole studio unfinished, like the, the exit was very unfinished and it was it was not how I first saw it happening. And what was a blessing was I had the excuse like, well, the pandemic kind of made me do it. And what I realized is actually like, I don't need that excuse. Like that might work as like, it might on a surface might sound really good to other people and they can understand that. But I also, if there wasn't one, I don't think I need that. And so, you know, when you had, so you had two studios in Hawaii. So before Denver, before you lived in Hawaii, um, you know, when you started those, what was the vision? And then how did you know when you were like beyond the exit? Wow. Um, I think I was just talking to someone about this yesterday. I think one thing is in our industry, at least the pinnacle is, or at least was five, 10 years ago to own your own studios. I mean, that was in Pilates, especially in physical therapy, the same, you own your own clinic and studios. I mean, you've reached it and that's all. I'm like, that's it. I'm here. I mean, we have two, we have a staff of 19. This is amazing. Um, and so we ended up leaving Hawaii, which I never thought we'd do either. Like one of my biggest lessons in life now is never say never because you, you just, I never thought I'd own my own business. Like I never wanted to, you just never know. So we left Hawaii. And so I was managing them from afar and I just was feeling that anxiety every day. I mean, I was looking at the schedule and counting every highlighted. Are we making our numbers? Are we doing this? It had become very um, anxiety riddled to me instead of the part I loved, which is the community and all of that. And I remember the moment, but I still never thought I would sell whatsoever. But the moment for me, like there was a very clear moment. Um, My husband was out of town. So I was with our one-year-old daughter on my own and she was at my feet wanting to be held and she was crying to be held, but I had to put her down because I got a call from Hawaii from one of my instructors who was locked out of the class and she had a full class in the hall trying to get in. She was locked out because the key was inside because the previous instructor had locked the key in the door. So they needed me. I mean, both needed me. They needed me desperately and there was nothing I could do. And my daughter was crying. My feet needed me desperately. And it just hit me. I can't do both well. I just can't. Some people can, but I can't. And and that was what kind of did it was I think I need to let something go. And I knew myself. And one of my top priorities was it, I didn't want to let her go. Like I, I thought I'd be a mom who did full-time childcare. I always thought that. And then she came and I'm like, no, I want to be home. I want to at least have the option to be home. And so that was whenever I feel like I'm not doing well enough or I need to make a decision, I kind of have that touchstone I come back to because that for me is what it is, is can I give the kids the time they need? And I couldn't give her the time she needed and I was going crazy. And so that meant it was time to let someone else do something really good with the studios because they were suffering too. Everybody was suffering because I couldn't let something go. So, um, man, once I did and handed that key over, I never looked back. Wow. 
So what, what keeps coming up is like, you ask yourself really good questions. Do you do this in a journal? Do you do this? Um, like just out loud on like you were on a walk or on the, like, where does this question, are you just someone who asks good questions? So have you done any studying of the Enneagram at all? I've done a little bit and I need to figure out what I am because I hear too much about it. So I decide when COVID, when all of this started and I was in this anxiety place, I'm like, I have to get myself out of it because I need to serve people better. So, um, and I've been in therapy a long time ago that served me really well. And I'm like, this I need to learn more about myself. I'm like, ah, this Enneagram stuff's interesting to me. Anyway, so I dove into it and I'm almost positive I'm a six. And one of the biggest things about the six is we have a constant internal dialogue. And I could never put my finger on what that was called. I just assumed everybody does. But literally, they describe it as a board meeting going on in your head at all times. So I kind of do have that. Like, I'm the CEO, and then I have another voice I listen to and another voice. And it's constantly talking, which can be very mm, sometimes, but also it does. It helps me lay things out and ask myself why I'm doing something, what my motivation is, what are my goals. And I think the therapy I went through 20 years ago helped with that too. I just, I don't want to go back to that place I was. And so for me, it's important to talk it out. So I usually do just talk it out in my head. I'll go on a long walk and think it through, really figure out why I am trying to make a decision or not make a decision. I don't always do that well, but that's a good question. Why am I not trying to make a decision? Um, I feel like a lot of people can put that on their like questions list. If you're not a six and you need, yeah. <laughs> you need, so need a list. There's been about four good ones in here. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to take it. So by the time Brad and I do the recap, I can say, cause maybe that's what's going on. Cause I totally feel like I have got a whole conversation happening. Then I go to talk to Brad. He's like, I don't even know where you, like, where are we starting in this conversation? <laughs> Brian does that too. He's like, you're really talking to yourself. I'm like constantly in my head. It's yeah. Exhausting. Yeah. And so when I actually asked you a question out loud, I just assumed you were with me on that whole dialogue that I just had. <laughs> exactly. Like, didn't you hear all of that? I've already made the decision for us because I've been thinking about it for a week. Yeah. Not you not. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely thought it was more my Aquarian, but maybe it's a, maybe it's my Enneagram number. Um, so I'll have to, I'll have to dive into that. So, Okay. Um, now you have two kids and you being in Denver, you now work from home. You have an online place platform. You have this festival. Um, what, when you work, when you work, when you work it for yourself and you're like at home and you've got kids, I feel like you could, I feel look as an outsider looking in, I wonder how do you structure a day? Because, you know, if there's a child who's like under five, they're not in school. They're like asking you for things while you might be wanting to like do the thing for yourself. So for the moms listening to this, like, how are you structuring a day? I, and right now it's like all bets are off since March of 2020, because then the kids were suddenly home. So I will be honest that it is, it's just, I'm hoping in the fall to have more structure because I do not have enough at all. So I think if you don't have structure, whether it's kids or pets or, you know, you're taking care of elderly parents, whatever it is, it is okay if you don't have structure um, because sometimes we just can't. So for me, like when the structure itself went out the window, again, I had to kind of go back to what are my main goals? Because like you, I have an online community. I really want to make sure I'm serving them. So I realized, okay, if I need to not be getting new clients right now, in order to use my small amount of time to take care of my current community, 
that will be my goal. So I kind of made sure I knew my top, top things, you know, that needed to be done so that I wasn't spinning my wheels all over the place. That helped me a little bit. And then for the days, um, I try. So if you do have our kids are both in school, like two days a week. So those are the days I do Zoom calls. I do my filming, the things that I absolutely cannot be interrupted. I will block and batch on those days if I can, as much as I can. And then when I have them, I try really hard not to do both, but it's not because they don't, I think kids should see you working. I mean, my kids absolutely know what I do. They're a part of it. Everyone who's a part of my life knows they're at Momentum Fest. They're in my videos half the time. Like they know what mom does and that I love it, but I don't do a good enough job at either if I'm trying to watch them and do social media on my phone. Like it just doesn't work. I'm not serving anybody. So that's one boundary I try hard to have in place. If I'm with them, if it's mom time, like when school's over or whatever, then that's what it is. And then they know if it's work time, okay, it's work time. Either my husband's home or a lot of times it's just after they go to bed at night. I mean, I'm up till midnight a lot. I don't love it, but it is what it is right now. So that's the, that's the few ways I try to structure it. It's not always perfect at all. Well, thank you for that honesty. And I think that that's important and it's true. Like right now until kids are back in school, the normal amount of hours that they used to be, um, it's just really hard. But also, you know, you went back to what your top priorities are. And I think that there's a blessing in the, this disguise of unplanned and, and not enough boundaries. It's that you can only have so many priorities. And so you're only able to do those. You're not actually able to get distracted by other things, which is probably, it's actually a good thing. Cause I think too many people are like, Oh, I'm going to do this social media thing over here. And I'm also going to plan this thing over here. And you're like, no, I'm actually going to be doing these things right now. And that's it. Yep. And I'm gonna be okay with that. Yep. And I think it's okay to drop, like I do grocery order only. And I refuse to feel bad about it because that's something I had to drop. Like, I don't feel like schlepping the kid. If I have that either, if one, if the kids aren't here, I have, I'm working and that's it. I'm not cleaning the house. I am not ordering groceries. Like I have to use the time for work. And if I do have them, I don't really like to go to the grocery store at all. So I think unloading the things that you can unload is really good. And then what I try to do is always... Like my little shame voices will come out at night. Like after the kids go to sleep, it's, oh, I didn't do enough today. I snapped at them then. I wasn't a good enough this. I wasn't a good enough that. And so I try to remember that and just do like whatever during the day is going to help me at night feel like, you know what? I did my best to serve people today. That helps me. And I have found it's when I can kind of separate them and just not do them at the same time. I'm either in mom mode or I'm in work mode. And if I didn't get something done, it's okay. But I at least was present for those people in those moments. So you, uh, we had another guest here on the podcast. Her name is Amy Ladine. She's a friend of mine. I got to introduce you to actually your, she has five kids. So, um, and she runs an online business and she actually talked about how at night, those voices are the ones that are like, telling you like, you didn't do this right. You didn't do this right. You didn't do this right. And that's actually how she has this thing called DACs, how she actually plans her next day. Her goals for the day are to like, if she's like, oh, I wasn't present enough as a mom today. She's like, okay. So intentionally like 
I'm going to spend 15 minutes with each kid just doing whatever they want to do. Right. And so she uses those like shaming voices to actually like dictate how she's going to show up the next day. Um, because they're just the things that we wish we'd already been doing. We hadn't, we promised ourselves we would have done. Yeah, exactly. And I think the other thing, I think that's perfect. And the other thing that helps me, and maybe it's because of that constant voice in my head, I will also start to be over. It just happened this morning, overwhelmed with what I um, think are how many things I have to do. Like, oh my gosh, there's so many. So I will just sit down immediately or the next chance I have. And I write them all out. Like, so here it is. I write them all out and get them. It's a brain dump. Marie Forleo calls it a brain dump. And I dump them all out of my brain. And then I can move on. It's amazing to just get them down on paper and be like, okay, now I can prioritize them. Or if I do, you know, the kids are happily playing for 20 minutes. I'll look at my list. I'm like, great, I can get that done. I can check that off. I can check that off. Um, And that helps me a lot. So um, my, my therapist who, um, who is also a somatic leadership coach. So it's kind of nice because sometimes it's actual therapy and sometimes it's like helping me as a leader. I'm like, thank I'm glad you're both because I don't have time for more appointments. But <laughs> she talks about when you're overwhelmed, she's like, she has me write down when I'm overwhelmed, all the things just like you do. And then she's like, circle the ones that are actually like a mental overwhelm because then we can talk about that separate because a lot of, a lot of us have a pattern that like when something is happening, good or bad, we have a pattern in our brain that we go and do that. We go through this like overwhelm rehearsal, like a loop. And she's like, if it's serving you, then there's, that's something different. But if it's not serving you, then it's like, we have to redefine that pattern. We have to, like, it's a a new pathway in your brain. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think for me, the pathway is I'm not doing enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not doing enough versus you're right. I could probably redefine it as maybe a lesson like, oh, I've overextended myself. Okay. I'll learn from it. Or sometimes I write it down. I'm like, that's not really that long, Jessica. Like really, you could get that done in an afternoon if you just buckled down. <laughs> yeah. I, I do the same thing too. I put some things off and I let them like, like linger in my head as like something I have to do. It's, I don't know why I do it to myself, but it's like, it's a pattern. And then I sit down and do it. If it's uninterrupted, like I can write a newsletter in 15 minutes. Like this is not hard. Why did I say like, oh, I have to do that. I don't have enough time for this. It's like, no, if you just turn your phone over and <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. That's it, exactly. So what are you excited about right now? Like, what are you looking forward towards or what are you, what's on your brain of like, cause you're such a creator. What are you working on? Um, I'm excited for summer to be honest, like being in Denver, I'm really excited for summer for a little bit of hope. Like that's what I feel right now is a little weight off my shoulders, which feels really good. And then really momentum best. I mean, we're on like the five week countdown. So I think like seeing everyone's excitement and realizing that I can, that I can be a part of that, you know, instead of being the creator of it, I'm like, I just want to be a part of it. I mean, I think that's where momentum fest comes from is I, it was what I always wanted as a teacher and as a student so I just love being a part of it. Like I, I just love being able to lift people up and bring people together. And um, so, yeah, being a part of it and having people excited now that it's coming. That's what I'm really excited about to give some hugs actually. To One, get some. Uh, 100%. And I think, you know, during, during the pandemic, there was a window where my friend got to have a very small outdoor wedding and we, 
we, I mean, Brad and I work from home, so we're essentially quarantined all the time, but we like, were very intentional for two weeks. Like even my brother came to walk the dogs. We're in our office because he goes out into the world. And so we could go to this wedding, you know, everyone was wearing masks outside anyways, but we wanted to make sure that everyone could feel safe. No one wanted to be the wedding that caused <laughs> an outbreak. And I didn't know how much I needed something to look forward to until I got there. And I did not cry at weddings. I was in like tears at this woman's wedding. And what I, when I think about Momentum Fest this year, um, is that like, it is something that so many people needed to look forward to. Like, it's almost like, um, like a lighthouse, you know, like we're all on the ship. We've been at sea for a long time (laughs) and there's this lighthouse of hope and of what can be after all of this. And so, I mean, I have so much like love and adoration for you because it's not easy to, you don't have all the answers and you are one of very few people who are like, okay, I'm going to do this during a time where there's lots of unknowns. And that's a lot. And I'm glad to hear that you are taking the time to enjoy the excitement around it too. I think I'm just there. I think I'm just Because <laughs> you're right. It's been a lot of, I don't know, I don't know, but really ha- seeing everybody's support and excitement. I'm like, wow, this is really, this is really good. And yeah, if I get some hugs out of it, I'll tell you what. Yeah. <laughs> That'll make my year. Right oh, there. Brad and I will be the first. We're getting there early. Um, <laughs> okay. Well, we're going to do a quick break and then we're going to come back and find out your tips to be it till you see it. So stay with us. I know how much you're enjoying this show. Me too. If you're looking to make more time for you and have more energy, get my free 30 minutes Pilates class at onlinepilatesclasses.com slash be it pod. If you're new here or haven't done this yet, this is a great way to start making yourself a priority. So head over to onlinepilatesclasses.com slash B-E-I-T P-O-D. Now back to the show. Okay, Jessica, now that everyone's in love with you and I'm sure so many women with children or lots of dogs like me are like, oh, thank goodness I'm not the only one. Where can they find you, follow you? Where can they connect with you? I am Jessica Volant Pilates everywhere. So YouTube is a great place to go if you want to find free workouts I do a lot with women's health. So anyone prenatal, postpartum, prolapse, hysterectomy, you'll find a lot of resources if you need it. Um, And then I have a website with a lot of resources and Instagram is always a great place. DM me, email me. I'm all over the place. Yeah. We didn't even get into all of the women's health stuff. We'll have to have you back because I think, you know, one of the things I want to get into with this podcast is like how our health can really keep us from being it till we see it. So we'll, we'll have to dive into that more with you for sure. Okay. So I always ask everyone this question because it's so nice to be inspired. It's so nice. I mean, you also gave some awesome questions and strategies already, but just in case someone is like skip to the end and they're like, tell me how to be it till I see it. What, um, what are some strategies that they can do right now that, that you would think of for being it till they see it? I think one is to just decide what you actually want and you don't have to put definitions on it or anything like that. I and mean, it can be so out there. I mean, don't limit yourself, but don't, um, like don't see someone on Instagram that you think is awesome and be like, I want to do that without asking yourself, Oh, do I actually like fashion? 
Like I actually, that happens to me. I see fashion bloggers. I'm like, that looks awesome. I want to be like her. Well, I don't even know anything. I don't like fashion. Why would I want to do that? So first is ask yourself truly and be honest and own it and be excited about it. Like what lights a fire under you? What is your dream about what you love? And stay in that lane for now and don't limit your dreams on that. But don't try to be somebody you're not just because you think you should. Like definitely decide what you want. Mm, And then for me, it's getting out there. Like one, this is so funny when I was thinking about this podcast this week, Zillow and owning a house is one example I have. So we bought the house we're in a year ago, actually in the middle of all of this craziness. But for a year prior, maybe two years prior, I had really wanted a house for our family, like a house. We were in a walk up with a rooftop and stuff, but no yard. I'm like, I want a house. I want a house. And I just didn't see how it would ever happen in our neighborhood and everything going on. But I would lurk Zillow. And I'm like, I'm just going to get on here and I'm going to look at houses and save them. And I knew that just by learning like about houses and what house was going on the market fast and what wasn't, I'm like, that information is going to help me. I don't know how, like, I have no idea how, I don't know how we're going to buy a house here. I don't know how that's going to work. I don't know how this is going to help me, but it is. And then truly, when we came to look at this house, all of that helped because the house didn't show great, but we knew it was a great buy in this neighborhood, that it was rare to find, and it's been a dream house for us and our family. And so that's one thing is like, even if you don't know how something's going to happen, if you know what you want and you know what your passions are, just start either following things on social media or getting on Zillow or doing Pinterest boards about your dream office space or finding YouTube fitness folks that you love and just follow it and see how they do things that you like or don't. Just be open to getting information because it will serve you when the opportunity comes. Like prepare yourself so that you're ready when the opportunity comes because it will. You just don't know how or when. <gasps> Ooh, I have chills and I, I can't wait to dive into this conversation more with Brad because he's going to have so much to say about that. Cause we have a very similar story. Like the, how is for us, because we moved a year ago as well. Um, the, how is un like, couldn't figure out the how, but so y'all, I really hope you take those two tips and use them. And what I'd love for you to do is screenshot this podcast, write your takeaway, tag Jessica Vallant Pilates, tag the Be It Pod, let us know so we can cheer for you, root you on. And um, until next time, be it till you see it. That's all I got for this episode of the Be It Till You See It podcast. One thing that would help both myself and future listeners is for you to rate the show and leave a review and follow or subscribe for free wherever you listen to your podcast. Also, make sure to introduce yourself over at the Be It Pod on Instagram. I would love to know more about you. Share this episode with whoever you think needs to hear it. Help us and others be it till you see it. Have an awesome day. Tell You See It is a production of As The Crows Fly Media. It's written, produced, filmed, and recorded by your host, Leslie Logan, and me, Brad Kroll. Kevin and Bell at Desenio handle all of our audio editing and some social media content. 
Our theme music is by Ali at Apex Production Music and our branding by designer and artist Gianfranco Cioffi. Special thanks to our designer, Jaira Mondal, for creating all of our visuals, which you can't see because this is a podcast. And our digital producer, Jay Pedroso, for editing all the video each week so you can. And to Meredith Kroll for keeping us all on point and on time. 